We have spent the last two days going over all the different ways things have gone wrong for the Steelers and how things look really bad, and there aren't a whole lot of answers. But you have to ask the question, where's the hope here? Where's the optimism? What are the things the Steelers can do to dig themselves out of a hole? Joining me to talk about that will be Arthur Motes, former Steeler himself, current current radio personality on Steeler Nation Radio. You can find him all over the place. We're going to talk to him about the Steelers doing offensively, defensively, get the NFL athletes perspective and analysis right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Wednesday here on the podcast, and we have a special guest returning to the show, Arthur Motes, the body. Hey. <laughs> Motes, man, it's great to have you back on the show. How have you been, my friend? Man, I have been well, enjoying the football season and the business that comes with it. But as a whole, man, I cannot complain at all, man. And always good to see you. You know that. Hey, man, it's it's all love here when we when we get to do shows together. I love always your perspective on things. It's the Migos, baby. You know, it's the Migos. It's the Migos. Oh, now? Our boy West is somewhere chilling right now. He's off. He got left man. off bad and booze. You know how that <laughs> goes, man. He got left off the song, man. <laughs> For those who might be missing what we're talking about, if you listen to SNR all through training camp, we get we kept getting called the Migos, me, Mosa, West, the three of us because of our our, our chemistry on uh, on on radio. So uh, appreciate you, Mo, making time for the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But I, I wanted to ask you this this question, and this isn't right away a, a specific film question. This is more of a you know what's your analysis when you watch this team about the hope that they could turn things around because you've been part of Steelers teams where you've had to turn things around where mm-hmm. you've had a couple of weeks where I'm like, man, we, that was rough. And everyone in town, you know, the people that don't want the Steelers to be like, Oh, they're done. They're finished. Put them out of here. Uh, but you know, the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, I mean, I think this was before your time, but there was one year they went two and six and finished six mm-hmm. and two to finish eight and eight. The, the, the Mike Tomlin's teams have found ways to turn things around, but this is a unique challenge with an offensive line that's inexperienced, with a quarterback that looks, you know, by by all measurements, he's he's finished, and you know he's he's running out he's running out of things to do. But are there things, tangible things, that they can do to turn this season around and be a competitive football team? Yeah, one hundred percent. There are plenty of things that they could be doing that will help them in the short and in the long term. Um, the first thing is they got to get healthy, right? We talk about defensively. TJ Watt, Alex Eisman being out, that affected them in a major way. Um, Melvin Ingram, we think he's a really good player, but not at 60-plus snaps a game. Right. No, Melvin, in this at this stage in his career, you want him like how that Buffalo game went, where he's utilized as the third guy. Now, it doesn't matter how you divide that up, but it still was a lot less than what he played on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Then I also say on offense, man, the biggest thing when we talk about what they can be doing to improve, I think is their finish. When you watch this offensive line, man, I think that they have initial contact and it's good. I think when they pass it, initially they're in good position, but then it's like they either have just a lapse in judgment or they relax at the wrong Mm -hmm. time. And it just looks like they're getting outworked at the end. So if it's a six second play for four, for four seconds, they look good. 
Then the last two is where they get in trouble. And that leads to the penalties that you saw on Sunday. That leads to, I mean, then getting hit the way you saw on Sunday as well. And ultimately the running game, not being able to be consistent and effective. So to me, both of those things are instant fixes, right? In terms of TJ and Highsmith coming back, we don't anticipate those groins to take that long to get groomed up. All right. So they <laughs> groin's going to grow up real soon. But if it worked for Joe and Devin, they're going exactly. to come back out there. Exactly, man. So I don't anticipate those two guys being out too much longer. And like I said, offensively, just put a little more effort up front. That effort can minimize so much of the damage that they've been having to deal with. I, I, I agree. It, it is about that effort. It is about it is about finishing finishing things off. And early on, and, and this is what I was concerned about with this offensive line. We are, I mean, you and I, we talked about this. This offensive line wasn't going to be elite in, in the first few weeks. It was going to be a struggle, and they needed to work a way around them. But one thing that you, I think, that, and you pointed this out as well, for especially for younger players, rookies, even second-year players like Kevin Dotson, the game comes at you fast. And mm-hmm. when you're looking at situations and you lose one battle and then your head's whipped around like, whoa, I messed that up and then you forget what you're supposed to do on the next play and then it's just a cascading failure after failure after failure and then it's bad play it's bad it's bad game and you saw in week one no procedural penalties the offensive line very clean not not, not really good play but clean, play. clean and it was clean. it was a really good and now the last two weeks they have not been clean holding penalties procedural penalties you know false starts there have there's been so many issues that keep poking their heads up because again i think the game's coming a little too fast for them now you, oftentimes you get a chance as a player to kind of like, you know, have that, 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 you know, that, that come up in its moment where, you know, veterans help you or something clicks for you or something happens for you. I really think that that moment for the, or for, for a lot of these young Steelers players and, and specifically talking on offense has to be this team finding strengths that kind of mm-hmm. work around, you know, Kendrick Green struggles and Dan Moore Jr. struggle, Kevin Dotson struggle. They, they have to find a way to kind of say, hey, offensive line, we know you're you're, you're, go- you're going through it. We're going to find ways that don't put too much pressure on y'all to succeed. I think that part of it does involve Najee Harris and getting him the football through the air out in space where he can win one-on-one matchups. The Steelers did all that a lot. I don't think they did it early enough. And I don't think they did the step after that, which is when the Bengals come up to stop it, you make them pay behind them. Arthur, I want your honest assessment. What have you seen from Ben Roethlisberger that's been leading to these struggles? Or is he is his problems purely just off the offensive line? No, I mean, obviously the offensive line plays a role in um, Ben's performances and the lack thereof in terms of it being varsity throughout. But to me, I think the biggest issue that I've seen on tape with seven is just his ball placement, not even on the deep balls only, because obviously that's highlighted, right? We bring up the James Washington plays and stuff like that. But to me, I look at the screen pass or the noun pass that he did to Pat Frymuth for Pat mm-hmm. is having to catch it one-handed behind the line of scrimmage, and yep. he effectively eliminates any chance that Pat would have of creating any type of run after. I think about the play where he's throwing the ball to Juju, where Juju gets hit and he hurts his ribs. Ball placement, is the ball on the front side or is it on the back side? As small of a detail up that that is, it's monumental in terms of keeping a drive alive. It's monumental in terms of making a ball easy for the receiver to catch. We talk about being quarterback friendly, but at the same time, when we talk about elite tier quarterbacks, they're elite because they throw catchable balls. They put the ball in the easiest spot every single time. And I think that's the biggest reason why when people talk about seven, 
a lot of that disconnect happens because if you're viewing him as a top five elite quarterback, well, that's the standard that you have to grade him with. But you can't say he's in this category, but now we're not going to grade him on ball placement. If it hits the receiver's hands, they should catch it. No, because that's not the same standard. So to me, I think that with seven, is it fixable? Yes, but I do think you have to minimize those attempts. He can't continue to throw the ball 58 times in a game. I understand some of these passes are meant to be pseudo runs, but at the end of the day, he gets worn down by that. He's not a spring chicken anymore. No. So when you start putting him in those positions, it forces him to use that arm more than he would like. And yeah, I think that that also hurts his accuracy. And we see that as well, especially later in these games right now. I want to keep talking about Ben Roethlisberger because you're a guy, you've been his teammate. You've, you've seen how he thinks you've seen how he operates and how not just, you know, not just on the field, but behind mm -hmm. the scenes when he's struggling. I mean, you mean, heck you were on the 2017 team where, where he threw five yeah. receptions against the Jaguars and how he responded. I want to get your thoughts on his temperament and just what you think that you, you know, we're going to see from him. But first I got to tell our listeners about betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes have now turned to football as teams are back on the gridiron starting the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football acts in this season get all the updated odds props and contests including the half million dollar nfl mega contest and the two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to, to receive your 100 welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo con or excuse me that promo is gone but they have several other promos where you can now check out that they have some promos where you can get refunded in your wager up to 25 dollars. some promos that you pay very little and you get a very big payout Always check the details and different promos on Bet Online because they're all spectacular. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing, right down to horse racing. Don't wait to take advantage of all of your great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're also brought to you by GetUpside. Hey, Steelers fans, this is Chris Carter with an incredible app. To, for everyone who buys gas that they need to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free, and again, it's a free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free on your and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for 50 cents off per gallon cash back on your first tank. Now, keeping it rolling here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Sorry, Arthur, as I gave a mouthful and I had to, I had to hey, pay the bills right gotta there. Gotta pay the bills, man. Gotta hey, hey. pay the bills. You, you, you know the drill. You know the drill. Now, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now Moats, back back to, to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. We can go over his individual decisions because not just his ball placement, but just right. his overall just seeing the field and what he's not seeing, mm -hmm. what he is seeing. Decision making. But, yeah. What do you think is going on inside his head right now? Because you've seen when, like, when he threw that five interception game against the Jaguars, he's like, maybe I don't have it anymore. And some people took that as resignation, but inside the locker room, you guys are like, no, he's mad and focused now. Yeah. What do you think yeah. is going through his head now? I mean, because this is an older Ben Roethlisberger, he's getting mm -hmm. hit a lot, and this is different. Yeah, man. With seven man, he's the ultimate competitor. He doesn't want to lose in anything. And when I say anything, I mean literally anything. He is that type of guy. And for a guy like him who's had so much success at this level, when he's faced with adversity, 
he's not going to back away. No, no, no. It's the opposite. He treats it like he's a dog in a corner. He's going to come out swinging. And part of that we love about him. And that's ultimately, you know, when we see him ride on that cowboy and, and you know, on that horse in the fourth quarter, and he throw a couple of dimes here or there, and he, you know, he gets the guys out the stadium and he did that versus Buffalo. Right. Mm-hmm. But like we said, he is older now. His skills are starting to diminish a little. And when you talk about asking him to be the savior every single game or for 17 games at this stage, I just don't think he can do that at a high enough level consistently enough with this group. Now, is it the end for him, though? Not at all, because I do think that he still is going to motivate this group because that's the thing with seven his mentality and his motivation, seeing him out there, the toughness that he plays with, they're going to respond to that mentally. This is another reason why I'm not a fan of the concept of switching him out right now is because I still think that he puts them in the best position to win in terms of the pre-snap calls, in terms of just executing his reads. Like those are the things that I think for what he lacks in arm talent that Dwayne Haskell, Mason Rudolph has right now been more than doubles them in that avenue. Now I wanted to ask about those those reads because pre-snap, I agree. I think he's he's mm-hmm. able to see things, but it's it really looks like it's post-snap right now mm-hmm. where he's just not sure of what's going on or where yeah. it looks like to me. And and, and mm-hmm. tell me if I'm if I'm if I'm talking out my rear end on this. It looks like to me a lot of, a lot more a lot more often than not. Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. is needing to see plays open. He's not able to anticipate mm-hmm. where he needs to throw the ball before it gets there. He if he sees a guy get open, then he throws the ball. But there's not a sense of hey. I know in X amount of seconds, this guy's gonna beat this coverage because we know what what, the, what they're at. Is that what's going on here? Because like like the interception where he tried to target Juju over the middle and he threw it a triple coverage and mm-hmm. the Bengals linebacker picks it off. I look to his left and I'm like, man, Derek Watt was wide open and, and he just he never even looked at him. Mm-hmm. What do you what goes is that the a correct assessment and what goes into fixing that issue? No, so for uh for seven man, um, in terms of the assessment, you're not all you're not off. Like that is part of it. Now, with that being the case, I look at it twofold. He's used to having receivers that get separation in terms of Antonio Brown, in terms of when Juju was the premier number two guy. Those guys created a ton of separation right now. When you look at these receivers outside of Deontay Johnson, who creates separation? It's not a thing. With Claypool, Claypool, it is all jump ball passes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of separation. So when you talk about the accuracy slipping in terms of ball placement and you couple that with receivers that aren't getting separation, now you got this recipe for disaster. And then you sprinkle in an old line that can't protect long enough for seven. Now you see why it's looking the way it's looking and why it's almost like an expedited version of the aging process for seven. So to me, I don't think that it's all on him for from that standpoint, but obviously he plays a part of it because the elite tier guys, they say, even if my receivers can't get separation, I can put the ball in a place where only he can get it. Right. It's been times where I remember between 2014 through 2017, you're in coverage on a receiver, you're in coverage on a running back, and he'll whiff that ball right by your ear, and there's nothing you could do about it. You just say that's seven. Right now, he's not being able to do that frequently enough or consistently enough. And I think that also has led to him holding the ball way longer than he should be. It's hard to, you know, to to go through your reason when you're waiting for this guy to clear because you don't know if you can necessarily put that ball in that tight window anymore. But that's the mental game that he's having to deal with right now. And it just it comes with the aging process. Mm-hmm. If you play football long enough, then you deal with it. As defenders, we were always taught, all right, once I started getting older, 
got to lose more weight because you know you're going to lose the stuff. So you got to got to slim up here. So this is a part of it for him. I do think that he will adjust, though. That That's the big question. Can he make that adjustment? We've seen him make adjustments throughout his career. Uh, going into last week, I brought up how in 2014, when uh, when the Steelers offense, the previous years, they had struggled. They were in the 20s. They weren't a good offense. But when they started throwing the ball underneath the Le'Veon, it backed mm-hmm. off. It forced defenses to have to focus on him, and it opened up more opportunities for guys down the field. It forced those linebackers and safeties to consider on more how they how to stop those underneath things and giving Ben a chance to get you know to throw behind them. Now here's the mm-hmm. issue though, Arthur. You have to take that step too. Is when you hit Najee Harris for those runs underneath, and he does a great job of making three guys miss and getting eight, ten yards, and he's doing what you drafted in the first round to do. It has to come with a follow-up of you're able to throw the ball down the middle of the field, force some of those linebackers to whip their heads around and say, oh, man, we bit on that one. Mm-hmm. We really messed up. That hasn't happened yet for the Steelers. Is that something you think still Ben can do and we will eventually see this season? Man, I think that they have the personnel for it. You talk about a guy like Pat Frymouth. I think he's a matchup nightmare versus any linebacker. And – I think that him and Ben are starting to build a little bit more of a rapport. We're starting to see him now back-to-back weeks being utilized. That's the next step in this progression, I think, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I'm tired of just the let's just throw it up downfield and hope for the best on the sideline. That, that to it's me, is it, I'm kind of putting that in the jet suite category. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna put that in that little box. Okay, we're going to tape it up, and we just definitely throw that wildcat, and we're just going to throw it over there. Like, I'm I'm cool on that. So when we talk about taking those shots, I would much rather see them work in the middle of that field with Pat because he creates matchup nightmares, and he is shorthanded. Now, I say that with him having a drop yesterday, but everybody clearly had a drop yesterday. But I still feel that with Pat, man, he's a guy that you can utilize so much more. And like you said, you piggyback that, right? When they start to react to Pat, now you're going back to Najee. When they start to react to Najee, now you're going back to Pat. Eventually, you catch somebody in a shot. And that's ultimately how it has to go. I mean, we saw Cincinnati. That's what they did to us. I mean, we talked about the Raiders a week ago. That's what they did to us. So it's the same concept, man. Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see how how they continue to work at that and if they can turn it around, especially Ben Roethlisberger. But you're a defensive man. I want to get your defensive thoughts in just a minute here. First, I got to tell our our sponsor, our listeners about our sponsor, Built Bar. If you want a healthy treat that tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, and it comes in so many different flavors. Whether you want a fruity snack like raspberry, strawberry, or orange, or something different like salted caramel, cookies and cream, Rocky Road, or my personal favorite, double chocolate. But I got to tell you, uh, real real cookie dough. That flavor hits. It, it, double chocolate, you may be in trouble. This might be the new Chris Carter Built Bar flavor that y'all need to eat. And there's so many more flavors for you to enjoy. The best part, they range from 130 to 180 calories. They pack 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. That's a tasty and healthy snack that saves you from eating the snack that you regret later and keeps anyone on task with a diet. Order today and get your favorite flavor delivered right to your Google by going to Built. Dot com. That's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Again, it's LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all capital letters, all one word, for 15% off at built.com.
We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. And finally, I'm, with, I'm here with Arthur Motes. I want to get to the defense. And I know we talked a lot of offense, but that's that's the unit that everyone's caring about right now. I'm just glad if we talk in defense, at least, you know, we did the the, 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 the offense negative first. Now we now we defense <laughs> kind of was flying on the radar. I'm with you on that. I appreciate Talk about the offense after every loss first. Yes, yes, do that. Yes. <laughs> so so y'all know Arthur play, he played himself some linebacker. He's an edge rusher. He went and got the quarterback. <laughs> this man, he knows he 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 appreciates defensive yes, standpoint. Yes. But absolutely. One thing that I've made clear, and, and it's funny, I, I've said this the last the last couple games, you know, in these losses, I'm like, you know what? It's tough to expect more out of the defense because 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 of the injuries that right. they suffer in in the in the second game. No, why Alulu goes down, mm-hmm. Bush and Hayden both out when you don't expect it, and you know people are wondering, and, and Highsmith went down. That's five starters that that, that you lost in that game, yeah. and. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, you're making excuses. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm not saying the Steelers shouldn't have lost, you know, that like, oh, man, someone should right. feel bad for them. It's just a reality like you can't play at your highest level without your best players. And this mm-hmm. team was built around the defense being elite like that. So, uh, you know, to you know, you know, to to that end, Arthur, I look at this and I see, you know, the defense. They still have the pieces. I still think that Joe Hayden's a heck of a cornerback. I still think Minka's a heck of a safety. Mm-hmm. Terrell Edmonds, I think, is a much better eraser than people are giving him credit for. I think Devin Bush is doing things silently. But still, you know, you hope that there's ways to mitigate your losses there. Like, is it? Well, okay, first question to you, because I know I'm going all over the place here. But first question to you, is there a way to mitigate a situation where Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt are gone? Because people were saying, well, you got to find something. It's like, but hey, that's that's three out of your your front four that you're expecting to be the superstars of your team. Yeah, it's hard to account for, like you said, your two starting edge rushers being out with growing injuries in week three. No one prepares for that. I mean, your insurance policy was Melvin Ingram. That's a high-level insurance policy. Yep, and yep. he's been playing well, but it's just – you can only have but so many high-end talented players in a salary cap league. And that's what the, the the nature of the beast is, is why we never felt sorry about New England a year ago. It's like, yo, we understand everybody has to deal with this. So you never use it as an excuse, but it definitely is a variable in this equation. Now, in terms of how you mitigate it, though, they tried to do it yesterday. You have to go with the approach of a little bit more blitzing and things like that. But with that, you put your secondary in compromising positions, especially when you're not able to create that pressure the way that you want to. And we saw yesterday with what? The sack streak that was going on yep. since I was playing officially done now. <laughs> yes. Just hurt my little feelings. Then you talk about how many QB hits yesterday? Zero. How many pressures? One. That's unacceptable for the Pittsburgh Steelers on any any day of the week. I don't care what guys are out there or what guys aren't available. A Pittsburgh Steelers defense that only gets one pressure in a game, that doesn't even sound right. No. So, yes, 100%, man. When you talk about, you know, those injuries, they 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 were significant in terms of this team's approach. Now, here's the thing is, even with that, they only allowed 24 points in a game with mm-hmm. no offense. I, I actually think that's kind of remarkable with no pressure. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your sense. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people say this. Devin Bush hasn't had any splash plays this year. But to me, he's doing a lot of things that those the quiet genitalia. He, created, he helped with the uh, interception, though. Exactly. Yeah, for Antoine Evans. Absolutely, he, man. He, he, he forces the ball to go higher. Minka mm-hmm. tips it in the air, and Terrell picks it. He yeah. is absolutely part of what this defense has going for it. And this defense mm-hmm. has several things that are going for it. But you, you can't take away maybe its best component. 
and expect them to be elite. I still say they still played defensively well in the last two games. Well, and you got to remember with Devin. Yes. He didn't even play that much ball his first two years. He played a lot his rookie year, but his second year he got hurt, what, six games in? That's almost a whole season's worth of growth and development. Then remember, he wasn't out there for OTAs. Remember training camp. He wasn't out there for all the training camp. He came back before TJ, but barely. Yeah. So for me, when I see uh, Devin at this stage, I'm like, he's still getting his legs under him. Mm-hmm. He's still getting, you know, getting his eyes right, getting his legs right, getting his body back into this mm-hmm. thing. I'm not worried about Devin at all. I think for him, man, he just has to keep feeling more confident and more comfortable being back out there. He's going to be fine, man, because he, he still can fly around. Now, if we want to talk about, you know, just the the finishing part we could talk about that but like i said those things come with conditioning those things come with getting his football legs back up under him and i do think that that will happen a lot sooner now with this defense you got you still got players on it and like there, there's a lot of pride in this defense right you mm-hmm. know like cam pride minka's got that pride i i think that there's a lot of guys like that now that pride takes a hit when you get a player <laughs> like tyler boyd from the Bengals. Making comments saying they quit and they quit in front of the hole and that's what they do over there and kind of you know putting putting a little salt in the wound there for the Steelers in his yeah. in his comments earlier this week. Now now Moats, you're a defensive player. You guys have dealt with you know some some shots made publicly at you before. Mm-hmm. How do you? Some people again. You know, I when I saw that I retweeted. I just said bulletin board. Like not that not that it's going to be you know it, it's going to be on a physical bulletin board, but. The, the Steelers are going to see that, and the, and there's going to be a looking around in the room like, you know what? Maybe he was right, maybe he wasn't, but we mm-hmm. cannot let himself, we cannot let this be the tone for the rest of the season. What do you think? First of all, how do you think they're going to react to that? And do you think this is this is something that these guys kind of hold as a grudge moving forward? Because we saw how they held a grudge against the Browns two years ago when the Browns was talking all that smack, uh, you know, going into the 2019 rematch. Yeah, man. When I think of that scenario. I mean, when I look at the tape, if you're on that Steelers defense, if you're on that Steelers offense, can you really look at that play, look at every single play up there and say to yourself without a shadow of a doubt that you played your best, that you gave it your all? Because for a fact, that first Tyler Boyd touchdown, everybody brings up Melvin Ingram not wrapping up. And I agree, he didn't wrap up. But if you look around, it's multiple guys that are not finishing the play. Right. It's multiple guys that could have stopped Tyler at the five at worst or slowed him down for the for the Calvary that was coming. Mm-hmm. So I didn't disagree. In fact, I remember saying to myself before I even heard Tyler's comments, like I said it the nice way of, man, we got to finish better. Yeah. He just said it as, you know, when, when you're the opposing team, you come in to beat a divisional rivalry mm-hmm. or division rival in the, your hometown like Tyler did. Then yeah, you Tyler's gonna, from here. Right, yeah. right. You're going to say it a little bit. You go, you're going to twist the knife a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Similar with my man Mike Hilton, you know, with, with this <laughs> with this wave. But at the end, I understand that. That's the showmanship. It's a part of the game. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Steelers defense, if you're the Steelers in general and you're pissed off by it, good. You should be because right. you open up the door to allow that man to say that. And to the point where – we're over here sitting here like, well, he's not really lying. It didn't look like y'all had the most effort, especially when you talk about how the game ended. Three consecutive drops. I mean, it was just like, are we just we just trying to get out of here now? We didn't we didn't even focus right here. Like it's 32 second or second and two, 32, 42. Like 
so those parts is definitely frustrating. But in terms of the bulletin board material, no, this will be something that they will learn from, that they will be motivated by when they come back out there, not just against Cincinnati, but next week as well, because when you start hearing people talk about effort, when you hear, hear, start, hear, when you hear people start talking about whether or not a guy is tough or not, those are the things where as a man, as a player, you feel that a little bit more and you come out there that following week with that that mentality that, hey, we will never allow this to be in question ever again. So I don't anticipate that showing up too much more. That's where that's where I'm at here. And, and, and it's funny, you know, when I posted that, I let people say, well, he's not wrong. I'm like, I'm not saying he isn't. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is you're 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 egg, you're poking the bear there, you know, mm-hmm. because, again, you know, this was a Steelers. This is a Steelers defense that didn't have T.J. Watt, that didn't have Alex Heisman. And mm-hmm. I mean, you don't got to ask if T.J.'s a passionate man and if he's not and if he's not. And, and it's funny, T.J.'s T.J.'s not wasn't on the field, but I guarantee you he's he's sitting there like, nah, mm-hmm. man, that. And now it's a sense as far as like, yeah, I, I'd agree because I agree with you. I said I probably even said the same thing. They aren't finishing well. They're not. Pl- they're not. They're not following through on on their on their effort right now. But when you're the opponent and you beat them like that, you know what? Uh, you know, my thinking as far as let them continue to play that way. We're gonna focus on ourselves and and move forward to week four and and or week you know four whatever and just and keep playing our style of ball. And if they don't ever wake up, great, we'll take them again the next mm-hmm. time. But you know, when you when you put that out there. Now I, I guarantee you, Cam Hayward sitting at home. You know, I, I listen. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen Cam, man. I was covering y'all one time. It was 2017 when y'all lost to the Bears, and I walked into that locker room and I saw Cam's fists balled up, and he was <laughs> like, Cam was mad, yeah. and he was he was the guy that I had, to, I had to ask my. I was like, Hey, uh, Cam, uh, can I ask you a question? And he and he took it professionally. But that's that's who yeah. Cam Hayward is. Yes. But there's. Like I, I remember, it's funny. The Bengals back in twenty, I want to say twenty fourteen. It was, uh, it was a road before the road game, and the Bengals mm-hmm. could have clinched. I think it was twenty fifteen. Excuse me, they could have clinched the division. And Cam was asked, you know, hey, what do you guys think about the Bengals potentially clinching the division? And, and Cam doesn't. He says, not today, not up in here, because he heard what the Bengals were talking about and them looking over the Steelers a little bit, and that mm-hmm. fired him up. Cam is still the soul of this defense. As much as TJ's the superstar and the guy that runs it, he's the Cam's going to be the guy I think that galvanizes people. Mm-hmm. You, you played with him. It is. It, it, I'm just. I'm intrigued to see. Like you said, do we see that fire and passion show? And not just when they play the Bengals next, because that's that's a ways off. But they got to show it in this next game. You got Aaron Rodgers. You're going to Lambeau. They're playing well the last two games. You cannot come out and throw show lack of effort there, or it just won't be a 24-10 loss to the to the Bengals. Right. It will be a, a butt whooping for everybody to talk about all week long. 100%, 100%. But Cam, man, Cam is one uh, without a doubt the unquestioned leader of that defense, man. When he speaks, those guys listen. And that's how it's supposed to be, and that's how it has been since I was there. I do think that Cam will continue to raise up the play of those guys around him. Cam is a very a very prideful guy. When he looks at that tape, he's going to see the lack of finish across the board. He's going to see the lack of productivity across the board. But he's also going to see in himself that, hey, man, even though he would draw some penalties here and there, he doesn't feel like he did enough in this game either. And I like that version of Cam because that's motivated Cam. And we know what Cam looks like without the motivation. So just adding that to it, I feel bad for uh, this Green Bay O-line a little bit. 
<laughs> I'm intrigued to see if, if he makes them feel feel bad, you know, during this game. But Moats, it's wonderful to have you on this show all the time. We 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 appreciate you coming coming through and stomping by. Let people oh, love, man. You. Yes, yeah, man. It's it, it is it is yeah. I love having this man on the show. I love doing SNR with him. It is a joy. I can't tell y'all just just the the respect, the uh, you know, and just the the knowledge of learning from from this guy and what man. Likewise, you my guy. You know that. Yes, sir. Hey. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, most, love, baby. Most let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, man. So um, all of my media content, man, is on YouTube. Just type in my name, Arthur Motes. You'll see all the content that pulls up on the page. Um, also have, man, it's a long list, right? Yes, you do. But for, for for the social media, uh, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, um, just at Dabody52. That's D-A-B-O-D-Y-5-2. Also have the website, um, man, ArthurMotes55.com. And then got the book, MotesTheory.com as well. Yeah, I think that's everything right now. <laughs> oh, and still is Nation Radio on SNR. Gosh, I forgot. There that you one. go. There <laughs> you go. Almost forgot the big one, man. Oh, I got too many. I got too much going on. I got too much going on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but do check out Mo. He's, he's wonderful. If you, if you enjoyed him on this show, you'll enjoy all his other content, his book, everything. So go support Arthur yeah. Motes. He is a he is a treasure to Steeler Nation. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. If you did, hit the like button on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We're also on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey. If you want to check us out if you want to support us anymore you can rate us five stars on apple with a positive comment doing so gets you a shout out at the end of the show thanks again for most for making time for the show we're back tomorrow on thursday it's crossover thursday getting you ready for that packers matchup we'll be talking all things getting you ready to preview for that game then 